0: Our first scripture this morning comes from Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, take, eat, this is my body. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A loaf of bread something so simple and ordinary, something familiar to us and to people around the world. Bread is a staple in cultures everywhere. Whether it is bread like you have probably sitting in your kitchen at home or a bread that you have never tried before, no matter where you travel or where you eat, chances are if you sit down at a table and share a meal, you will find bread on that table. Today is World Communion Sunday, and our siblings in Christ around the world have and will gather at their own tables with their own types of bread, just as we are this morning. And in the gathering, we are reminded of the life that Jesus lived and the love that he shared with the world. Throughout Scripture, we find stories of bread in moments that are ordinary and moments that are monumental. When Abraham and Sarah were visited by three messengers who told them they would have a child, Sarah prepared bread for them. As the Israelites were preparing to flee Egypt from slavery, they had to hurry and gather all of their things, and they didn't have time to make bread that needed to rise, and so they made unleavened bread that would sustain them for their journey. And as they wandered in the wilderness, God provided manna, bread from heaven to sustain them just enough for that day and for each day. In the New Testament, when Jesus was gathered with a large crowd and they needed something to eat, he took two fish and five loaves of bread and multiplied it to feed all of those who were gathered with him as he was teaching and preaching. Scripture is filled with stories of average, ordinary people being filled sustained and even transformed by bread when jesus gathered with his disciples in the upper room on his last night on this earth he knew what was going to happen in the next 24 hours even if his disciples still didn't understand or believe it for three years jesus had tried his best to teach and model for his followers what it meant to love people and love god And on his last night, he had the opportunity to leave his closest friends with one final example about how they could continue to love him and how they could continue to remember him even though he would soon no longer be present with them on their journeys. He could have asked them to go out into the wilderness for 40 days like he did at the beginning of his ministry, but he didn't. He could have asked them to sell all of their worldly possessions and to rely completely on the generosity of others, but he didn't. Instead, Jesus asked them to remember him in a fairly ordinary, everyday way, by sharing a meal. If you were to eat three meals a day for a year, you would eat almost 1,100 meals over the course of those 365 days. You will most likely have meals that when you eat them, you think this is the best thing that I have ever tasted. I will never forget this meal. You may also remember meals that were probably not the best thing that you've ever tasted, and you would like to never repeat that dining experience. But the majority of the meals that we eat over the course of our everyday lives are just average, ordinary, and unremarkable. Even those of us who love cooking will not be able to tell you what we had for dinner on a random Tuesday three months ago, or what meal we had on our first day of school, or what dessert we ate on that Friday night at the end of a very long work week. The majority of the meals that we consume are there to get us through the day, but they aren't ones that we necessarily make note of or remember. But while we may not remember these average, ordinary, and unremarkable meals, these are the meals that sustain us as we go about our daily lives. The meal that Jesus shared with his disciples was one of these average, ordinary, unremarkable meals. It didn't take place in a banquet hall with a fine feast spread before them. It was an average meal with average and yet abundant nourishment on the table. When it came time for Jesus to give one last teaching and one last bit of guidance to his disciples, he chose average, ordinary, unremarkable items— a loaf of bread and a cup of wine. And while these items might be average and ordinary, they were items that were easily found in the regular rhythms of life back then and in our lives today. I like to think that Jesus chose to give bread to his disciples because he knew on the following day that their world was going to be turned upside down and it would feel like all hope had been lost. But the disciples would still need to eat. And chances are, when they finally found a table where they could sit down, there would be a loaf of bread in front of them. And they would hear the words of Jesus from the previous evening saying, Eat this bread and remember me. And they would take the bread and eat it, and they would remember, and they would be filled and sustained and even transformed. On this World Communion Sunday, as we gather at the table with our siblings in Christ around the world, we are invited to take bread and to remember Jesus. When we take this bread, may we be reminded that though it is an ordinary and unremarkable thing, it is this bread that reminds us of the love of Christ and that this bread can sustain us through all things. Each time we eat this bread or find ourselves at tables with others breaking bread, may it be an opportunity for us to be filled, sustained, and transformed. I'd like to invite you to find your communion set, and you're gonna tear off the very top layer to get to the bread as we prepare to take it together. And we remember that on that last night, Jesus gathered with his friends at an ordinary table and took an ordinary loaf of bread. And while they were eating, he took that bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Let us pray together. God, we thank you for this table, for a place where we are invited to come just as we are. As we take this bread, may it sustain us and transform us to do the good work that you have called us to do in this world. We pray this in your name. Amen.
1: Our second scripture lesson is picking right up on Matthew 26, starting in verse 27. Then he took a cup. After giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. The two greatest spiritual teachers is deep suffering and deep love. And they both lead to each other. Take Jesus, his worst moment. The point that has caused him the most pain is the cross. I'm not sure we can adequately imagine the suffering that he had to endure. Nails, thorns, spears, the mocking, the jeering. Jesus' death is the deepest, most painful suffering of all time. It's the moment humanity turns its back completely on God and then killed him. And yet it also exemplifies the deepest form of love. We glorify more than anything Jesus on the cross. We wear it around our necks, we draw it, we have it as decor in our offices or in our homes. So much of the power of the cross is it saying to us that the very mechanism that we intended for death and pain is the very mechanism God uses to transform the world. Think about that. Even Jesus says there's no greater love than this, that a person would lay down her life for a friend. And this is what I mean when I say deep suffering leads to deep love. Jesus takes on the suffering of the world and transforms it into love and we're asked to do the same. There's something you've heard me say over the years, and I think it just demands repeating. If we do not learn to transform our pain, we will surely learn to transmit it. This is one of my favorite quotes by Richard Rohr. If we do not learn to work through our suffering, if we do not learn to process it, examine it, learn from it, then we will transmit it On to others. But the, the opposite is also true. If we learn to work through our pain and not let it own us, then we will be transformed. And this is also what I mean when I say that deep suffering leads to deep love. If you work through your pain, you arrive at a deeper form of love. But heed this warning, it happens the other way, too. Yesterday was Gary Holstey's memorial service. Tomorrow I'll do a private family graveside service for Susan Gray. Both of these people were deeply loved by the people of this church, by their family, and this community at large. Undoubtedly, people experience the deepest parts of life and love because of their relationships with these two people. But now they're gone. And what comes barreling into view is that suffering rises from love. You may experience some of the best love of your life, You may have a friend or a family or you may have a star-crossed lover, whatever it is. Maybe a dog or any pet in your life. Maybe it's a place in this world that is so deeply important and spiritual for you. Maybe it's a deeper, more intimate spiritual life with God. Whatever it is, that has invited you into a deeper knowing of love. And you followed it. You became more of the person you were meant to be because of that love, a love that you felt in your soul, that kind of love. It's rare. It's powerful. And when you tap into it, even if it's just for a moment, everything feels right. And when you give yourself to it wholeheartedly, freely, it's amazing until it's gone until your husband dies until you have to bury your child until you divorce until you have to bury a pet or a lost opportunity with friends or you have a global pandemic that won't let you travel to those beautiful places and you feel like you're running out of time anyone who has felt deep love knows the overwhelming truth that love leads to suffering. They are two sides of the same coin. But luckily, when we suffer, our soul is poised to hear and to see something from the great mysteries of God which lead us back to love. Two sides of the same coin, and they lead to each other. And there's so much to be learned from both. Now I'm telling you all of this because the cup is both the cup of suffering and the cup of love. It holds the blood of Christ. All that sorrow, all of that pain, it is deep. This is humanity's worst thing. It is Jesus's most pain. And yet we drink it and we are transformed by the love that is poured out of it, which makes the cup also the cup of deep love. It is our life force, the flow that we need to be the body of Christ as a people and as a church. And when we drink of it, it connects us to God. When we drink from the cup of life, We are learning to accept the sins that hold us back. And we acknowledge the fragility and the sorrow and the suffering that life brings. But we're also accepting the love that puts our broken pieces back together. And so when we drink from this cup, we do so knowing that we will suffer yet also love. It reminds us that Christ suffered and yet also loved. And it reminds us further that we can then go into the world knowing that it too is suffering and is in desperate need of deep love. All of this happens when we drink from the cup. So if you would take your cup with you, And know that the night that Jesus was to be crucified, after they broke bread, he took a cup, he held it, and he lifted it. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you. This blessing reminds us that every time we drink of this cup, we do so in remembrance of him. Not to ruin the sacredness of this moment, but our custodial staff would like to remind you that these baggies are great for trash. (laughs) You could just put your cup and seal it right back in it. There's so much mystery that comes with communion. As Pastor Kristen said, something so simple, but yet we know in our bones something so deep. Would you join me as we pray? Everlasting God, this cup of life reminds us of the sorrow and the pain, but also the love that Christ brings. Help us to experience this depth anew. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen.